I'm Jack Kennedy, and we're here to bring you the latest in MMA. My name is Hunter Boss, and what the boss says goes. What is up, everyone? My name is Keaton McNamara, and you already know what time it is. Hello everyone, I am Jack Kennedy alongside Keila McNamara today. No Hunter with us, he'll join us next time, you know, just moving around, we know how it goes, but we have a great podcast lined up, lots to talk about, amazing fight night this past one, we knew it was going to be a good main event, it did deliver, but we're not starting with that, we're starting with the news. Um, The news today is breaking, Shane Burgos, even though he won his last fight against Charles Jordan, decides not to re-sign with the UFC, but rather to sign with a PFL for the featherweight division. Keelan, what do you think about this? Wow, Um, this is huge. This is really, really big. First of all, welcome back, everybody, to the MMA Island podcast. Good to have you joining us once again. As Jack said, this is literally hot off the press. You know, this isn't... This hasn't been out a day or two. This has literally been out a matter of hours. And it's shocking. It really, really is. I mean, Shane Burgos, like you said, his last win. And he won his last fight against Charles Jordan. A fight a lot of people thought Jordan would actually win. So to not re-sign with the UFC and to go to the PFL, this is a big move because this is one of the first times I can remember that a really in his prime, really, really good featherweight fighter is actually leaving the UFC at this point in his career. I mean, this is probably in this period of as good as Shane Burgos is ever going to get. So to leave now and go, I mean, I understand financially why he's going to the PFL. I think it's a smart move in that regard. But competitively speaking, I don't know. I'm not sure what the motive is here. But one thing I will say is that it's going to get a lot of people talking. And this is... You know, whether it's just for name factor, shock factor, whatever the reason is, this is a big power play by the PFL. This is a big smash and grab, in my opinion. I mean, I don't mean any disrespect to the guy because he is a legend, but this isn't an Anthony Pettis move where it was clear it was for the money, one last big career move. This is a guy who has a lot to give. You know, this is a guy who could really become the face of that division, maybe even the company. So from PFL's point of view, it's a big move. And I got to give them credit because this came out of nowhere. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I think that, like, obviously Shane Burgos has been up and down. He's never probably ever, like, going to be a UFC champion. But that's just because of his fighting style, you know. But he had a great war with Charles Jourdain. And and he, like you said, he's a UFC caliber fighter. He, he really is. So um, the way I picture this is he signed with the PFL. His contract was definitely up at the UFC. He signed with the PFL probably because he's not a real top 10 contender in, in the division right now. And featherweight stacked, um, as for, except for the champion, right? There's a big gap between the champion and everybody else. But besides that, the division stacked. Um, so he's like, okay, let's go over to the PFL, where you're probably the best 145 pounder in the PFL. And I don't think that's a hot take or anything there. I think Shane Burgos drops in as probably the number one contender in the PFL right now, in my opinion. You could win a million dollars. That's life-changing for a guy like Shane Burgos. Um, now, the the debate here the, where, where you have to think about it is, right, 
the ultimate goal surely is to get back into the UFC eventually to go and compete for a world title. The current goal has to be to win the million dollars, right? If you're in the PFL, that's the goal. So my, in my opinion, I think Shane Burgos is thinking, okay, let's go win a million dollars and then say, okay, let's go back into the UFC. The problem with that is, will the UFC accept him back in after leaving to choose for the PFL? That's where it gets dangerous. Where it also gets dangerous is if you don't win in the PFL, which has happened to UFC fighters before. If you don't win in the PFL, then the UFC probably won't let you back in too. So it's a real gamble from uh, Shane Burgos. I think I like it because, look, if you have the chance to win a million dollars, go for it. It's more money than he's going to get in the UFC. Oh, yeah. But it's a real gamble. It is not a for sure thing, especially that even if he does win, the UFC will let him back in. Hey, and maybe he just wants to go to PFL. That's a whole other thing. But that's just that's what I think about it. Yeah, I got to say, Jack, that's a really great point straight off the bat, first and foremost. Um, I really like that he is taking a gamble on himself and he's, his self-belief is we know Shane Burgos is a very confident fighter. And I like that he is taking this chance on himself, you know. I can go make myself even bigger and then they almost have to take me back again, but at a higher price. I like the thinking in that regard, but you're also absolutely correct in what you just said. The problem is, is that this is not a sure thing. Okay, it's a very likely thing, but we've seen Rory McDonald have a nightmare of a time yeah. in the PL. I mean, first of all, very happy retirement to Rory McDonald. He's a legend, but you see the point that I'm getting at. Anthony Pettis has had a horrible time in the PFL. He can't even make it out of the first round of the, you know, the PFL playoff. Yeah. Now, that being said, Shane Burgos is at a very different stage of his career to both of those guys. And he's going to have a much better chance of winning the million dollars every year, being like the Kayla Harrison of the men's featherweight division. But if it doesn't work out, then it is a gamble that will have backfired. That being said, if he goes out, destroys everybody, wins a million dollars, maybe two, three seasons in a row, maybe the UFC do welcome him back. Maybe he's a much bigger star. Maybe he's in the top 10. But I do like your thinking. I think going back to the UFC eventually has to be the main goal. That's the only way I can see this making sense. But one thing I will give Shane Burgess props for is that I like that he's taking a chance on himself. Sometimes we need to see that more. Yeah, 100%. And, and you you mentioned it. That's the X, That's the difference between Shane Burgos because we really haven't seen anything like this before. We've seen Anthony Pettis and Rory McDonald go to the PFL. Both those guys way past their prime. Um, and, and Rory McDonald had success to a certain extent. Obviously, Anthony Pettis didn't. Um, but the difference here is uh, Shane Burgos is not a washed-up fighter. Shane Burgos is still a very active fighter with a lot left in his career. So, look. He could win if he stays there for two seasons. That's $2 million he could potentially win. $3 million, that's 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 a lot of money. That's money you're not getting in the UFC, nowhere near. Champions don't get paid that. So, um, I, again, it's a gamble to get back into the UFC, but maybe Shane Burgos is just like, hey, I'm, I'm in it for fun fights in the payday now. You know, like, I, I respect that as well. So, very interesting move by Shane Burgos. We'll obviously have a lot more to talk about that in the future with, you know, opponents and stuff like that. But let's go ahead right now and transition to the best of the best. And today we are talking about Marlon Chito Vera. Oh my goodness. Dominic Cruz, great fight. Uh, UFC San Diego. It was lively. It was entertaining. Fantastic main event. Hunter, or I said Hunter. I'm used to Hunter leading off. I'm sorry. I miss you, buddy. Um, I am. <laughs> <laughs> look, you're I in the you. States now, right? So, um, Keelan, 
does Cheeto deserve a title shot after beating Dominic Cruz? What do you think? Guys, when you come to the States, you evolve under Hunter Boss. That's yeah. why this Yeah, podcast. we all have a little bit we, of him in this. Yeah. We keep it transcendent on the MMA Island podcast. You know what it is. <laughs> yeah. Um, first of all, what a performance by Marlon Cheeto Vera. Um, I mean, I did think Cheeto Vera was going to win. Um, I didn't think he would win like that, but I did have a feeling he would win. Um, first of all, just really quickly, props to Dominic Cruz. I thought he fought yeah. very, very well. I thought those first three rounds, he did a very good job. He looked like old Dominic Cruz again. Uh, but unfortunately, with someone like Marlon Chito Vera, who is a sniper, he can pull that out of his back pocket. And he pulled it out to absolute perfection on Saturday night. Um, he just did an unbelievable job of neutralizing Dominic Cruz. I mean, Eric Nixick, shout out Coach Nixick, yeah. by the way. He called it play by play, and then a minute later it happened. The problem with Dominic Cruz is that Dominic Cruz's style, whilst brilliant, is starting to become predictable. You know, it's starting to become readable, which is a massive problem. And Cheeto Vera read it perfectly. He drops his hand, moves his head to the left. Cheeto kicks up to the right, and that's all she wrote. But to your question, Jack, because at the end of the day, that is what we are here for. Does he get a title shot off of this? Yeah, I think he might well do, genuinely. I think, especially with that division, we need new blood at the top of it. And I'm not talking recycling TJ Dillashaw or Pewter Jan, like that. We genuinely need new title challengers. And Cheeto Vera has put together a very impressive string of victories. He t- All right, look, a lot of people are going to dislike this, but he technically has beaten Sean O'Malley. He's beaten, I think he's beaten Jose Aldo. And no, Jose Aldo actually beat him, I think. Oh, no. You're yeah, obviously, which is shocking, to be honest. Yeah. Like, Jose Aldo's did that, yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. Jose Aldo. Yeah. Well, he had, a, he had a brilliant fight with Jose Aldo. He's one yeah. of the biggest legends the game's ever seen. Mm-hmm. And he's gone out and he's flatlined, in my opinion, the greatest bantamweight to ever do it. So, I mean, realistically, when you look at his resume recently, I don't see many better lining up for a title shot. I personally, after the TJ Aljo fight, um, I would give him one. I think he's earned it. I think he's fought two. He's beaten a lot of opponents. I think he's beaten them very well as well. And he's a big character. He will sell the pay-per-view pretty much by himself. So as far as I'm concerned, when it comes to Cheetah Vera and a title shot, why not? Yeah, man. I, I, I think it, he makes a real case for it. I'm going to go ahead and say no for right now. But that's just because, <laughs> honestly... Jose Aldo is still like people forget about him. He's he's fighting. Who is he? He's fighting someone that's really good for a potential title shot. Is um, it Murab? It is, and that's on this card this week, UFC 278. Thank you very much, Keelan. Um, that's a fight for a potential title shot. We're forgetting about Murab. We're forgetting about Jose Aldo. And as crazy as it is to think, Piotr Jan versus uh, Sean O'Malley is another fight that's a potential title shot. Whoever wins that could get the title shot again. There, Bantamweight is such a mess right now. I don't think there's a clear person you give the title shot to. I just think Vera is one fight away. I think those two fights that I just mentioned, next title shot. I think Cheeto is one, one fight away. And that fight could very well be against, I think that Sanhagen's going to get past Song Yudong relatively easily. Corey Sanhagen's going to be looking for a fight, very high ranked. Vera's looking for a fight. I think that might be the matchup to go with. Or if somehow Sean O'Malley beats Pierre Grion, I shouldn't even be mentioning this uh, scenario because it's not <laughs> going to happen, but I will. 
Maybe you do a Sean O'Malley, Vera rematch, five rounds, make it a co-main event, winner gets the title shot. Uh, and then that way you give the winner of Marab versus Jose Aldo the title shot. There's just so many scenarios. I just think in all scenarios that I can think of, Vera's one fight away, but he's right up there. Is he in title contention? Absolutely, yes. In my opinion, I think he's one fight away from getting the title shot, though. But, oh, my gosh, what a performance. Um, I think Dominic Cruz is just he's, – he's, he's just sitting in the latter stage of his career. You know, it's the knee surgeries – the once unbeatable style is now timeable because he's just slower and everything. He's also been fighting since forever. So um, I love Dominic Cruz. And even in, in, in the age that he is, he was winning that fight two to one, in my opinion, going into four. Uh, it's just very, it's Ferris time. And, and, and Dominic Cruz still an absolute legend, uh, certified legend from all of us on the podcast, for sure. Boom. MMA Island stamp of approval on Dominic Cruz's legend status. Not that he needed it, but we're going to do it anyway. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Just to round off the best of the best, I do agree with you. Um, I mean, for Dominic Cruz's time is unfortunately starting to come to a close. I mean, like it's not even the fact that he lost. Nobody is a problem with anybody losing because it's it's the sport. You know, anybody can win, anybody can lose in any given day or night. But for me, it's the nature of the losses that's the problem. They're starting to become more brutal where they may have been decisions before they're becoming finishes and they're becoming very hard finishes. Like this, the Henry Cejudo fight and now Cheeto Vera as well. It's starting to become clear now that Dominic Cruz just isn't the fighter he once was. And there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. The guy literally been through hell and back injury wise. And not many people would have even returned to being a fighter after what he went through. So he will always deserve all the props in the world for coming back the way he did. But it is the time of guys like Cheeto Vera now. You know, unfortunately, the baton has to be handed over at some point. And this is just that time. That's evolution. So always respect to Dom Cruz. But Cheeto Vera is very much in contention now. There is no doubt about it anymore. Yeah, no, 100%. 100%. I couldn't say it better. With that, let's go ahead and move on to the discussion of the week. And this is also a recent development. In MMA, right? John Jones versus Stipe might not be happening. Oh, they might be forcing Nganu to be ready and throwing John Jones to the champ himself. Potentially UFC 282 end of the year. All rumors, but the tie is shifted from Stipe to Nganu. Keelan, what do you think about that? Oh my good God. I am so fed up of hearing about John Jones. <laughs> Just fight somebody, John. I don't care... I don't care if it's tied to Ivasa. I don't care who it is. I don't care if you've got to get Stefan Struve back. Just fight somebody. You know, for two years now, for two years, Jack, since the pandemic began, all I've been hearing is, I want I want Stipe Miocic. We want this fight. We want this fight. We want this fight. Is it going to happen? And eh, no. Is it going to happen? And eh, no. And now you want Francis and Gatton. God almighty, how hard is it to just fight somebody? Just pick someone, stick to that someone, and let us see the fight. I'm fed up of hearing about John Jones at this point. It's like I've said before, um, I think I said it four or five months ago, John Jones has the unique ability to hold up a division he's never even fought in. And that I didn't say that to be funny. That is not a good thing at all. Just get in the octagon and fight somebody, John, or shut up about it. Because I'm fed up of you holding up the division now. 
you've been saying for a year and a half, two years, I want Stipe Miocic, I want Stipe, I want Stipe, I want Stipe. Stipe wants to fight you now as well. And now all of a sudden he wants to fight you. You're going to say, actually, no, I want Francis Ngannou instead. It's ridiculous, Jack. It really, really is. You know, Francis Ngannou's out recovering from ACL surgery. And now John Jones thinks he's worthy of a title shot against, uh, I don't even know. But <laughs> no, I don't agree with it. Absolutely not. Look, I heard a conspiracy theory recently, all right? I love, I love, you know, behind the scenes uh, theories, right? So here's what I'm thinking. And Ganu, this would be a really fast recovery for the knee injuries that he had. What I'm thinking is they're offering them quite a lot of money. And Dana White is trying to force this fight to happen faster because of the whole Ganu contract situation that's been ongoing since forever now. His ideal scenario would be for John Jones to beat Francis Ngannou for marketability. You know, it's John Jones' return. He becomes the heavyweight champ GOAT. And they're forcing Ngannou to go faster because that gives John Jones a better chance to win. I'm not saying that's what I think, but it might be a little bit of what I think. There might be a little bit of truth to that. My whole thing is like what you said. This, Who knows if this is going to happen? Who knows if any of this is going to happen ever? It just always seems that it's, it's going to fall short. And it's also with multiple opponents. So who's really at fault here? Is Daniel White at fault? Is Francis Ngannou at fault? Is Stipe at fault? Or is there a common denominator between the three where they're all trying to work something out and someone keeps pulling out? And John Jones. Um, he also hasn't fought in a long time, a very long time at that. And his past two fights before he would be fighting for the heavyweight title are two very... Not even, not even uh, uh, close. I mean, they. Are, I'm sorry, not close, but contra- they're definitely controversial wins against Dominic Reyes and Tiago Santos, and that was like three years ago. That was like three years ago. It's it's crazy how much has changed. Um, look, I don't know what I want. I honestly want the Steve Bay fight. I think I just I think I'd rather that than straight in Ganu, and I don't want them to rush it. However, if it does happen. I don't know who I would favor in that fight. I might lean a little bit in Ghana, even with the knee knee surgeries. I don't know. What do you think? Oh man, we are we are through the looking glass now here. Um, very hard to say. I do like your conspiracy theory, though. You know, I'm not the biggest conspiracy person, but I do like this one because it's a conspiracy theory that makes sense. Yeah, and that's a very easy thing to find. If you are on the internet, you will know that's the case. <laughs> but I, I do like this theory yeah. because it does make sense. Um, yeah, I mean, if Francis Ngani was somehow ready, that would be a shockingly fast recovery because ACLs are usually 10 months to a year. Yeah. So to be back in, what, seven, eight months, that for a 34-year-old, that would be very, very fast. And I don't know how much I believe that. But if it was happening, then Dana White would definitely be paying him a lot of money to go in, probably not 100% fully fit, probably getting the witch doctor to approve Ngannou so that he's somehow fully fit on paper. But I'm not going to go into that. Um, as for the fight, there's, there's too many dynamics at work to make a proper judgment on this. You know, John Jones is saying, you know, he said he spent the last two years moving up to heavyweight to get himself in the right condition when it should have taken six, seven months, probably at most to condition yourself. If you're a professional fighter, the problem is now is that not only can Francis Ngannou knock John Jones's head out of the arena, he can wrestle now as well. And now don't get me wrong. Cyril Gann's a striker, you know, so it was never going to be 
like he was wrestling an Olympian. But Francis Ngannou's technique was very, very impressive. And we don't know how John Jones's movement is going to transition to heavyweight. This is the big problem. John Jones could be much, much slower and stodgy at heavyweight than any of us think. And this might be why we haven't seen him at heavyweight up until now. I think he is trying desperately to get more mobile as a heavyweight, and he can't. I don't believe any of this shit about I'm going up to 275 and then I'm cutting down to 265. I don't believe that. John Jones is a skinny, light heavyweight. I don't believe all this stuff about packing on muscle and weight and all this kind of stuff because it's neglecting the one advantage he has over everybody, which is speed and using his reach with that speed. So in terms of who I favor in the fight, I would favor Ngannou based off of what we know. The problem is, Jack, like we have said, until we see John Jones at heavyweight, he's an X factor. He's an unknown not to mention he's coming off, in my opinion, a loss to Dominic Reyes, because Dominic Reyes should have yeah. won that. And he probably just razored out the decision over Thiago Santos. I mean, John Jones is not coming into this fight with momentum. It's not like he's coming off, you know, a Shogun win or a Leoto Machida win. And he's like, right, I'm here. Who's next? You know, he hasn't fought in two, two probably two and a half years. You know, ju- nothing's adding up for John Jones here. The ball's actually much more in Francis Ngannou's court than it is in John Jones's. But if you look at it, I'd probably lean towards Francis Ngannou. Yeah, no, like, that's what I'm saying. I agree with you. And the same, the same logic is why I picked Stipe as well. And it's like, look at the, just pure size. Even if John Jones gets up to that weight that he's talking about, there's no way he, that's, that's what's normal. Because his whole life, he's been a natural light heavyweight. He's weighed... Obviously, he weighs more than 205, but he's not a natural heavyweight. And Ganu is the man. He is huge. Francis and Ganu is just, it's a menace. The, the body types difference that you'll see in that fight is, is just tremendous. You'll see one guy that that is who he is. He could be a super heavy heavyweight if he wanted to. And then John Jones, who's trying to be what that is. And that's a massive factor. It's not like John Jones. Uh, uh, here, here's a whole other thing that, that, that people don't, don't realize. John Jones has really struggled against guys that are the same height as him and have the same reach as him. Reyes was even shorter than John Jones, but had like it was he was six feet tall. Obviously, Alexander Gustafson. I stand behind. I think Alexander Gustafson still won that fight. Anyone that's kind of taller in that in that range, Jones has really struggled against throughout his career. Not only are you dealing with that at heavyweight, you're deal- dealing with guys that hit harder than anyone he's faced before, and. It's not going to be as easy to take him down, especially a guy like Ngannou who's been working on that, drilling that, and and is huge. It's just that's not going to happen. And look, we're talking about like this is going to happen. We don't know if this is going to happen. We, I just, I, I, I want some chaos in the heavyweight division more than there already is. Um, but we'll see if it actually happens. But Keelan, great podcast. Thank you everybody so much for listening. As always, make sure to like and subscribe on youtube you can listen to us everywhere literally everywhere including itunes and spotify make sure to follow us on instagram mma.island.pod i got it right that time uh Boom. make sure to follow uh our, our website mmaisland.net and again everyone thank you so much for listening and great podcast keelan thank you very much jack and listen people before we go we have some big news jack jack tell them about the giveaway okay okay everybody so we have a $200 Visa gift card giveaway on our Instagram right now. Again, that is mma.island.pod. Go check it out. Um, 
you have to here's how you enter to win right you have to comment your favorite fighter tag a friend in the comments as well and follow us alongside with island sen and mma island on instagram to enter for a chance to win 200 guys um it's a great giveaway help promote us and obviously for you guys it's uh free money so take a look at it and uh again everyone thank you so much for listening